Lekutei Sichais Chelek Tesezayin, Parshas Vaera, Secha Gimel. We're learning this week, Nischos of Shlema, and Yerifka Bas Brochad Vorleya. In this week's Torah portion, as Hashem instructs Moshe to speak to Pari and deliver God's words, Moshe counters with the following. We read in chapter 6, Perak Vav, verse 30, Pasuk Lamed, Vayemer Moshe lifnei Hashem, Moshe appeals to God, saying, Hein ani aral svasayim, but look, I've got sealed lips. Ve'ech yishma elai parai, so how will parai heed me? The next chapter, chapter 7, Perak Zion, verses 1 and 2, Psukim Aleph and Beis, continue with God's reply to Moshe, and God says, See, I've made you a lord over Parai. With Aaron, your brother, as your prophet and spokesperson. You will say all that I command you. And your brother Aaron, Yedaber El Parai shall speak to Pari, Shlachas Bnei Yisrael, Me'artzai, about letting the children of Israel depart from his land. Rashi quotes the words, Ata Dedaber, you will speak, and explains, Pam Echas, you will speak once, Kol Shlichos Ushlichos Kfi Mepi, giving over each message as you heard it from my mouth. Va'arei and your brother Aaron will phrase it and make it suitable for Pari's ears. In other words, Rashi is of the opinion that the words in the verse, you will relay my exact words as I told them to you, and your brother Aaron will then relay them to Pari, does not mean that Moshe will speak to Aaron, and Aaron alone will speak to Pari. It's not what we learned in the portion of Shmais. After Moshe pleaded to God, saying, I am slow of speech, or it's difficult for me to speak, and it's difficult for me to express. And please make someone else your agent. And God responded, saying, You'll speak to Aaron and give him the words to say, and he will speak for you to the people. Rather, Moshe here, too, will speak to Parai, but only once, and Aaron will then repeat the words and make them suitable for Parai so that he can hear them until he influences him to send Bnei Yisrael out of the land of Egypt. Hence, Rashi includes the words, and he will make them suitable for Parai's ears, though the text in Torah only says, Aaron will speak to Pare. Highlighting the idea that Rashi taught back in the portion of Ayigash, when Yehuda speaks to Yosef and says, let now your servant speak something into my Lord's ears, that this means words that can enter your ears. The reason that Rashi deems it necessary to explain Atatadaber, you will speak as Moshe will speak to Pare and not to his brother Aaron, and then Aaron to Pare, which is different to the order that is in the Torah portion of Shmais, and also different to the way several other 
commentators explain it are, one, the previous verse already told us that Aaron will be Moshe's spokesman, and thus why would the verse repeat this instruction? And two, it's quite specifically stated in verse 27 in Pasuk Havzayin, Haim hamedavrim el pare haim, that they, Moshe and Aaron, spoke to pare. Thus Rashi has proof that Moshe too spoke to pare, but only the once to deliver God's word, and then Aaron spoke in a way that Parin could more readily hear it. But we need to better understand the following. In the portion of Shmois, the Torah relates that Moshe and Aaron gathered the elders of Israel. They then came and they said, Vayemru to Parai, Vayemru, and they said in plural. In other words, even in Shmois, both of them spoke to Parai. And the Torah specifically and clearly differentiates between when they assembled the elders and Aaron repeated the words Hashem spoke to Moshe, and when they went to Pare and both spoke. It would seem likely that then too, as Moshe wasn't comfortable speaking, and it was difficult for him, he didn't speak much or at length, but likely gave over the essential point and depended on Aaron to adjust his words and make them suitable, just as in our Parsha. And if so, we must ask why then didn't the Torah tell us of this arrangement in the previous portion of Shmais? If itself understood there that Moshe spoke briefly and just the main point, and Aaron elaborated and developed his words, why does the Torah detail this here? This could have just been briefly dealt with by saying that Moshe should requisition Aaron just like earlier in chapter 6 in Perak Vav, verse 13. God says to Moshe and Aaron, and Rashi explains that because Moshe said, it's difficult for me to speak, Hashem said, let Aaron be your spokesman. There's a bigger puzzle here yet. Moshe had already pleaded with God regarding his speech difficulty, and God had already responded and said, let Aaron do the talking on your behalf. Why then does Moshe again plead with God, this time saying, I have sealed lips. On the other hand, if Moshe's plea with those words presented some new aspect to this issue, which would deem Aaron's serving as his mouthpiece insufficient, isn't the answer God gives, your brother Aaron will be your spokesman, the same answer? There are commentaries that answer this second question saying, that at first it's only about talking to the nation that concerns Moshe, and now it's his mission to Pare that has him concerned. Thus his reiteration that he struggles with his speech, and God addresses this saying that in his mission to Pare, as well, his brother Aaron would be his spokesman. It's a difficult explanation to accept, though, for several reasons. Immediately after God speaks for the first time about Moshe being God's messenger to Pare, both missions are mentioned, to gather the elders of the nation and I will send you to Pare. So God addresses both tasks when he says Aaron will be your spokesman. And more significant even is the fact that after God can 
consents to Aaron being Moshe's spokesman, God continues to speak to Moshe, and he mentions Moshe going to Pare, and Moshe says nothing about his difficulties in speech. So we must conclude that he understood that though he will have to speak to Pare, not like when he spoke to the nation and only Aaron addressed them, Aaron will still go with him and serve as his mouth. In addition to everything we've discussed, we also have to note a number of points in Rashi's terminology. Rashi says, Moshe will speak once only. Why is it necessary to say that? We understood that Moshe will speak very briefly and Aaron will elaborate. And why must Rashi say once every mission from God? It would be more appropriate to say every command from God, like the wording in the verse itself. Everything I will command you, says God. Thirdly, the words, as you heard from my mouth, really seem unnecessary and very redundant. Is Moshe, after all, about to tell Pari things he didn't hear directly from God? And why the double expression to describe what Aaron will do when he speaks to Pare? Yamlitseni viatimeni. Put it in other words, or elaborate, and make it suitable. So to understand these things, we need to first understand how Moshe's plea to God was different here to his earlier plea. In the portion of Shmais, Moshe says, Kvad ukvad my mouth and tongue are heavy or slow. And in our verse, Moshe says, I've got uncircumcised lips. And according to Rashi, they really reflect two different things. And it's not just the vernacular. Regarding Kvad Peh Kvad Rashi explains that Moshe was saying, I speak with difficulty. In other words, he can speak, but it's difficult and even hard. But regarding Aral Svasayim, uncircumcised lips, Rashi explains it as blocked lips which would interrupt speech. Therein lies the newer aspect of this second plea of Moshe. At first, Moshe just thought it was difficult for him to speak, but he could. So Aaron, as an assistant, was enough for him to explain Moshe's brief words and make them suit Pare's ears. But now Moshe has determined that his mouth is sealed and he just cannot speak. And so there is no point in sending him to Pare. In fact, just the opposite. Moshe's concern that if he goes to Pare and he's silent, not only will it be purposeless, but it will undermine the mission and even be detrimental. Pare may take his silence as unspoken consent to the increase in the labor that he placed upon the nation. Therefore, God responded to him saying, you will speak. You will, says God, be able to speak. Hashem was making a promise to Moshe that he would speak despite the impediment. And so Rashi is exacting in his words when he says, kol shlichas shlichas, each and every mission the intention is that Moshe was going on a shlichus, a mission for God, and therefore he was able to speak to Pari, not because he could naturally, 
This also follows what Rashi had taught earlier in verse 28, in Perak Vav, in chapter 6, Rashi comments on the words in the verse, Vayedaber Hashem Lamer, Ani Hashem. God spoke to Moshe saying, I am God. And he explains that God was telling Moshe, I have the power to send you and for you to thus fulfill my mission and give over my words. Accordingly, we can also understand why Rashi elaborates and says, once each mission as you heard it from me. The purpose in Moshe going to speak to Pari was not to convince him with his words, but to convince him with God's message and mission. Moshe was Hashem's emissary and spoke in representation of God who sent him. Therefore, his task was to deliver exactly what God had said in God's words only once, just says Rashi, as you heard it from me, in precisely the style you heard it from me. Which brings up the question about language. God spoke to Moshe in Lashon HaKadosh, in the Holy Tongue. Therefore, that was exactly how Moshe delivered God's words. But earlier, in the portion of Vayachi, Rashi informed us that Parai did not recognize Lashon HaKadosh. So how did he understand Moshe? Ah, so Rashi continues and tells us, And said Hashem, Aaron, your brother, Yamlitzene, will translate so Parai can understand. The word Himlitz is actually explained in the portion of Miketz. When Yasef's brothers stood before him, he had not yet revealed himself to them, and they spoke in Hebrew, and a translator translated their words to Egyptian, Himlitz Benehem, the translator, translated between the brothers and Yosef as they did not know that he was their brother and that, of course, he spoke their language. So it turns out that Aaron had dual tasks, to translate Moshe's words from the language he used and to explain the essence of what was being delivered so that Pari would receive these words. What remains unclear yet is that if indeed Pari doesn't understand a word that Moshe says, what is the point of his speaking, which he could now do only because God was giving Moshe the possibility to do so? We understand this with a connection to Rashi's explanation to the previous verse, that God placed you as a judge and jury to subject him, Pari, to plagues and to suffering. So Moshe's purpose in speaking to Pare was not, as we said, to somehow eloquently convince him that was actually Aaron's job, but to bring judgment upon Pare. When Moshe said, Shlach esami, send my people out with a power behind these words, with a stern face and with firm words, Pare would understand the severity of these words and, and their outcome. Chassidus explains the words, Behold, I've placed you as Lord over Pari, and Rashi's explanation of this as follows. We know that when the klipa of impurity is strong, because it's being nurtured, not even a tzaddik can cause the impurity to bend or to yield. Our sages teach in the Tractate of Brachas that when fortune smiles upon a wicked person, don't confront him. This confrontation is only something God can do. 
This is the intention of the words, Re'eh, behold, it's amazing, here's a new idea. I've placed you as a lord over Pari. Though Pari was in complete control of his kingdom at the time, to the extent that no servant could escape out of Egypt to freedom, and yet God gave Moshe literal sovereignty over Pari, and he could impose plagues and suffering upon him. This power was given specifically to Moshe because he was the leader of the generation, standing between the nation and God as the intermediary who would deliver God's word to them, and the one who could reveal God's power via the plagues. Therein lies the internal reasoning why Moshe had to talk to Pare, and it would not have been sufficient for just Aaron to talk. And despite the fact that he spoke in a language Pare did not understand, it was necessary to break the supreme power of Pare, and therefore this could happen only through the power of a Moshe. It's not about purification, it's about breaking, about diminishing the power of Pare, the power of evil. And at that level, it's not important that Pare understand the actual words. Accordingly, we can understand why Rashi says that Moshe had to transmit the words of God precisely as heard from God's mouth. The power to break impurity that is in full strength was given to Moshe because he was an emissary of God through whom God's power was revealed. When God says, You speak, just as you heard from my mouth, it's like the divine presence speaking from Moshe's throat. With this, we can explain why this instruction, you, Moshe, will speak once, each mission as heard from God, was given to Moshe only after he said, I, my lips are closed. Chassidus explains that Moshe's difficulty speaking came from his intense sense of nullification before God. Because of the intensity of this, he could not influence through words. He was a receiver. So Moshe describing himself as being sealed off in speech reflects great nullification of self, greater even than at the point of speech just being difficult. At this stage, it was Aral's Fosayim's sealed lips. Moshe was in a state of absolute and total subjugation of self, nullification of self, not capable of speech. It was specifically, therefore, this level of nullification, this arousal from below, that is suitable to God giving Moshe this station over Pari. With this level of nullification, Moshe could reach the level of God's will and presence expressed through him, God's words literally as needed to subjugate Pari. So now we want to understand why it was Dafka Pari who got to hear God's mission spoken through Moshe himself, while the nation heard only from Arain. True, the nation didn't need to hear from Moshe directly, and for Pari to submit, it was needed that he heard from Moshe. I mean, practically, our nation, our maminim, b'nei maminim, believers, the sons of believers, and Arain delivering the words of Moshe that he heard from God 
was sufficient. They immediately believed in God's salvation, but for Pari, this would not be enough, and Moshe was needed to deliver God's word. But then again, why should they lose out on hearing from Moshe? Which can be explained, when Aaron delivered Moshe's words to the nation, it was Aaron transferring Moshe's words, and nothing was lost from the experience. Torah, as it is transferred from generation to generation even, loses nothing. As Chazal teach, everything that a Torah scholar would in the future teach and discover in Torah was all given to Moshe at Sinai. But if Pari were to receive through Aaron, the force of Moshe himself would be lost, and this was needed to make Pari submit, and it would be missing. This is why the verse reads differently. First, regarding the delivery of God's words to the nation, the Torah says, Aaron Aaron will be your mouthpiece. Regarding speaking to Pari, it says, your brother Aaron will be Niviacha, your prophet, your deliverer. For the nation of Israel, Aaron was Moshe's mouth. His words were on the same level as Moshe's. He just transmitted. But for Pari, he needed to translate. And so the words would experience change as happens in translation via the way things are heard by the receiver. There is a lesson to be learned in our personal divine service. At times, the godly soul finds itself exiled by the animal soul, and the impurity in its density raises itself over the essential light of the holiness of the divine soul. The solution is the subjugation as God placed Moshe in this position to subjugate Pari with plagues and suffering. What does that look like practically? Man's good inclination and desire for godliness must feel furious with the evil inclination and that which drives him away from God, shouting at it and calling it out for what it is, evil. This breaks the density of the impurity of the animal soul as the Altareb explains broadly in Tanya. We could then say that our ability to do this has been empowered by Moshe's experience in Egypt. God said, Behold, I've made you a lord over Pari, to judge him and subjugate him with plagues and the suffering they bring. We're all thus empowered, because we all have an element of Moshe Rabbeinu within us. Certainly, this is then true of the leader of a generation, because Hanasi Hu Hakol, the leader of a generation, incorporates all, the entirety of the people. So just like Moshe had the power to subjugate Pari, even though Pari's evil was in full force at the time, he was at the height of his power. Every Nasi is the Moshe of his generation, and he has the power to overwhelm and overtake all the things that conceal holiness, even when these negative impurities are at their height of strength. This is the response to the common argument, we're in the darkest point of time before Mashiach, with so much concealing godliness and God's goodness. How can we fulfill the directive of our Abayim to spread the Torah of Hasidus and the philosophy of Hasidus all over? particularly in places where life is really tough and everything seems to deny God's presence. We must thus know that there is a Moshe Rabbeinu in every generation and also in ours. 
In fact, because as we know, the souls of our generation are the reincarnated souls of the souls in the desert, there is certainly this ability. And through connection to the Nasi, to the leader of the generation, the previous Rebbe, the Rebbe points out, my father-in-law, there is no reason to be impressed by or to feel phased by the darkness and the concealment. Because there is the power of Moshe to conquer and to overcome, to subjugate the evil with plagues and with suffering. Certainly, our way is a way of pleasantness and peace. As my father-in-law desired and as he requested of his father, the Rebbe Rashab, that his leadership be one of kindness and mercifulness and not strife-filled. But what we need to know is that bound to a Rebbe, to the Nasi Hador, the leader of the generation, through the study of his Torah and through upholding his missions and going in the path he treads eternally, there is really nothing to fear in the darkness. Just as Moshe in his time subjugated the impurity of Pari and took all the Jews out of Egypt with an uplifted arm, so too now, without consideration for the difficulties of exile, Moshe and our generation will take us all out of Golis to a true and complete redemption with an upraised hand and Bekar of Mamash speedily in our days.